0: He's like, well, don't you worry about them, like, you know, going and buying extra parts that they don't need or buying tools mm-hmm. they don't need or going and getting gas for their personal vehicle.
1: Welcome to your show.
0: Thanks, man. <laughs> Welcome to the show as well. <laughs> Welcome to my show, as you put it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. I know it, it feels you know, good it's to be welcomed. Jared Williams show, but like, if it was another name, it would be just as much your show as it is my show. <laughs>
1: Either way, I think it's even funnier <laughs> to welcome you to your own show, because that doesn't make need any to sense. I welcome
0: myself to the show from now on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sorry, boss. I'll make I'll make a note of that just to make sure we, I don't make that mistake back. again. Yeah. Big pats on <laughs> the back. How you doing? Dude, doing good. Woke well, up
0: this morning. Went for a bike ride. It's fun. How I far did you bike night? ride? Um, only like I don't know, eight miles or something like that. Yeah. In so, the
1: woods. D- is that? Oh, cool. Is there woods close by that you go through?
0: They're like 20, 25 minutes away. There's a bunch of mountain bike trails Mm, that the university built, Mm
1: -hmm. which is cool.
0: It's not like biking in Alaska. Right. It's like way easier. (laughs) But recovering from a broken leg, it's still pretty tough. Yeah, that's true. You still harder than like biking eight miles like out on the road, right? Yeah, gotcha.
1: Yeah. Isaac's been like, because it's finally nice here where people can go outside. So Isaac's just been outside constantly on his bike. Nice. Trying to jump off of things all over the place and nice, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he'll be excited. He'll be able to show you all his new tricks, like riding without his hands for even longer distances.
0: Nice, that's cool. He's so
1: funny. Yeah, yeah,
0: he is funny. He's a funny boy. Dude, we'll have to get him like a full suspension mountain bike, and we'll.
1: Oh yeah, we'll he'll take love it. The woods. He is. Dude, he that's is def- what you
0: got to do when you get down here. You need to get into biking, so we can go. I biking. know.
1: I know. I told, I wrote it down in my journal um, that I need to b- learn how to ride a bike better. Um, yeah. For all the listeners, I learned how to ride a bike when I was 19 and I didn't do it there very well. And so my son, my son rides a bike better than me and he's like seven and he always <laughs> gives me crap for it. He's like, hey, dad, so uh, who's the best bike rider in the house? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't know. Yeah. Isaac, who do you think? He's like, well, mom's pretty good, but. I mean, I'm better than you, and I'm better than Sarai. I'm like, dude, just go away. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, it's just like a conversation that we have in the house. Well, that he brings up in the house. Yeah, dude, you got to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. You're I the know. Man of the house. You should know. be The best bike rider. I know. That's I wrote it. Sure. Uh, I uh, I wrote it in my journal that I'm going to learn how to ride a bike well. Cool. And uh, when you get down right. here, we'll go to the bike store. Yep. We'll I gonna, know. We'll, well a we get a cool bikes. bike. That's what I was going to ask. you, like, Jared, I got to get some bikes, man, because apparently. Yeah. I wrote it in my journal, and so now I got to do it.
0: Yeah, I think you need more than one bike. Like, you need, like, a road bike. You need, like, a touring bike, like a gravel bike or something. Something you can put bags on, and then you need a mountain bike. Man, I just You need actually need, bike. like, two mountain bikes. You need, like, a full oh, suspension yeah. mountain bike, and then you need a mountain bike you can put <laughs> bags on as well.
1: You know, from my perspective, we can warm up, because I just have to learn how to ride the one bike, you know? Yeah. And then we, so can we can warm up to the other bike. then we can
0: start riding with Jared and Joel.
1: Oh, we could do that out to the gun range, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can be in the the back. You can talk business, all that good stuff. Talk business. Talk biking skills. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it will be awesome, dude.
0: uh, My wife told me this story. um, Gosh, a couple days ago, that uh, it was a good story. So I'm going to tell it. I don't know where she heard the story. I imagine she read it in a book or Mm. saw it on a YouTube video or whatever. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. It's not my story. But she was telling me the story of this lady. She was married to this guy. And this guy was kind of grumpy. And, you know, he came up with a a list of chores that he wanted his wife to do every single day. And Mm. it was a checklist. And she had to do all those chores or he would get really angry. And she would have to go through the checklist every single day and check off each and every item, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So because she had to, she would, you know, she was married to him and he would get angry and she had to. She would go through and do all the items and mark off everything every day for 30 years. Yeah. And um, finally her husband dies. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I said finally, but that sounds really bad.
1: <laughs> I mean, the way that you're setting it up, it's like, it's not like this was, you know, you know, it not makes the greatest, sense. Really, you know? Yeah, not the greatest. Anyway,
0: yeah. Her husband has some complications, right? And he ends up finally, passing
1: finally him, dying.
0: Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll see and how the story
1: but, ends if it was unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, she ends up finding a, another man, getting remarried, and um, having a really good marriage and, and he's got no checklist mm. and they've been married for a few years now. And she opens one of her old drawers and finds one of her old checklists. And she's looking at all the stuff on the checklist. And she had this realization that she still does all the things on the checklist, mm-hmm. but she does them. She doesn't do them because she has mm. to, she does it now because she loves her husband so much sure that to show him that she loves him, she goes and does all the things on the checklist, right? Mm-hmm. So, I heard that story and I was like, well, I'm still going to write you a checklist.
1: <laughs> well, naturally,
0: because... Oh, no, just kidding. My wife does not have a checklist. <laughs> 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 but she does do a lot around the house, right?
1: Yeah, sure, of course.
0: Yeah, because she loves me. Um, but it made me think of, like, when you're dealing with employees, you know? Cause mm-hmm. we've had a lot of questions lately about, from our, you know, private coaching clients about dealing with employees and how we manage them and how we set expectations of them and how we like deal with putting rules around them and getting them to do these certain things that we want them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, that story just creates this great analogy Mm -hmm. Of how you can look at your employees in a different way and get them to check those things off the list, not because they have to, but because they want to. Mm, Right? Sure. Sure. I think that's, I think it's a super powerful thing. And I think it's something that um, I've done real well in my business, in my plumbing business, not necessarily on purpose. It's mm-hmm. just kind of kind of how I am naturally. I'm a little more trusting and I let people roll and I want them to have freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But I definitely let them know what I expect of them as well. Sure. And so like an example of this was, um, I don't know if you remember that conversation we were talking about getting the guy's credit cards.
1: I do. Right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so like my guys they all have credit cards with a limit on them and they all have Mm -hmm. their own credit card with their own name Mm -hmm. that's tied to you know i can go online and check what everybody bought what they're spending Mm -hmm. their money on Mm -hmm. and one of the guys was like well how do you track you know how do you which guys
1: like one of your employees or
0: one of the private coaching clients i was telling him how i do this in my company Mm -hmm. and he he's like well don't you worry about them like you know, going and buying extra parts that they don't need or buying tools Mm -hmm. they don't need or going and getting gas for their personal vehicle or whatnot, right? And um, my answer was real similar to like that story of, well, I've created such a great place to work for my employees, right? So Mm -hmm. we have fostered our end of the relationship to where they get paid more, they have better benefits, it's a better company culture there's a lot of respect in the company just for the company itself. Mm -hmm. Um, People like to work there. It's Mm -hmm. a really great place to work. And in turn, they don't do these other things. Basically they act the way we expect them to Sure. because of that, because there's this love for the job and for the company and a, Mm -hmm. and a respect. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a powerful tool. And, and, When i look at my business you know we use that through and through and what that does for us is it makes everything so much easier to manage Mm. right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we attract better talent and better talent is just easier to manage because they're higher level players Mm -hmm. they make more money for us and then these people that we attract and we and we don't have to set all these little rules and manage all these little things and have all these little processes to keep them from doing things that we don't want them to do because we've right. built this culture of everybody loves it there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just like that guy in the story, like the one who made the checklist, he had to make a checklist and enforce that checklist every day. Right? right. Mm-hmm. And all the other guy had to do was, let his wife know he loved him or her sure. right? Mm-hmm. And, and built that in the home to where she just automatically did all these things. Mm-hmm. So it's a powerful thing. It's a thing that I think people forget about. They want to try to micromanage and try to, you know, force their ways on somebody through, through rules and regulations and
1: checks mm-hmm. and balances and, gotcha. and all this yep. stuff.
0: And it becomes incredibly difficult when it's way easier just to build a culture where the people like working there and they enjoy the job so much and there's so much opportunity there that's not anywhere else that they wouldn't dare mess that up.
1: Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think, uh, my experience with checklists has always been negative. I've never had a good experience with checklists. So if we can just even like break the conversation into sort of like the value and how you would structure like leading your team and like tasks have to get done. Right. But like every time I've had a checklist, it either results in causing people to really Try to fill out those checklists and then they feel superior because they're the ones doing all the work and they'll go above and beyond right. and like do extra stuff. But then later I hear through the grapevine that, like, yeah, nobody's doing anything. I'm like doing all the stuff, like, my name's on the checklist. I'm like, oh gosh. And then other people won't participate because it's taken care of. It just suddenly this checklist created this weird tension mm-hmm. where I think we think that a checklist can be a substitute for human mentorship and human interaction. So like the story that you're talking about is a story because there is a mutual respect between the husband and the wife, you know, the second husband and the wife Mm -hmm. that says, hey, I don't need to give you all this stuff because we have a mutual understanding and a mutual expectations. And like in a real world situation, like a real marriage, it's like my wife and I talk about things that need to get done all the time. Yeah, But like nobody really has a checklist because my wife expects me to learn what to do and to value her and to do things without like her micromanaging because she doesn't want to deal with that she doesn't have time for that so it's on me to love my wife to just make sure that i'm doing all the things that i need to do and then vice versa and within a company it's it's the similar process where there is this human connection and there's this mutual understanding of like hey we're just like we know what all everybody here knows what needs to get done And so instead of giving you a checklist, I'm going to understand that you're smart enough to know what needs to get done. And if you are confused, we can have a conversation and I can direct you and how I think about it. And then Mm -hmm. you can go and take care of the task and we can, I'll just be here and you'll be doing your thing. I'll be doing my thing. And I found that like that is just much more appreciated because in some way a checklist is like sort of, um, Well, it's almost insulting in certain ways, especially when it's like take out the trash, wipe down the counters, do this. And you're like, yeah, okay. I know. What am I? Five, right? Am I five years old? Especially if you're talking to like a high-powered technician who's very well-versed, that guy's going to be like, I ain't doing any of that. But if you were to tell that same person, be like, hey, man, here, our company culture is we just want to keep everything clean. So you'll see me, the owner, the manager, whomever, I'll be cleaning too. And like, that's just what we want to do. So like, I expect you to keep things clean. And then that guy's going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. I see you're tying it into something greater. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's just part of what we do here. We keep things Mm -hmm. clean. Our vans are clean and we look good. He doesn't need a checklist anymore because he understands it's just part of what he is and who he is to be at this job that he has. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that just becomes so much easier to manage. Yeah. Now you're not having to go through a." van cleanliness checklist with your guys every monday right yeah so
1: yeah and like because then somebody has to do that and then my problem with checklists too is it came down to like if they weren't filled out what's my next action like now i have a step of discipline okay so a guy couldn't clean it out for whatever reason or he chose not to hey man you missed all these checklists uh the first stage of discipline is you know something And then what how is he gonna respond? Is he gonna go and leave the shop and then go take care of a customer? Like feeling Mm -hmm. great about his job and about his position? No, he's probably Mm -hmm. gonna be annoyed that he was getting his chops bust because he didn't do something that he probably thought was stupid. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think it's powerful. Like for us, like at our company, we just have like if you look at our SOPs, the beauty like the beauty of what you're saying is without the checklist, we can now focus on like you know, top line goals mm-hmm. or expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at mine, we have expectations, like primary goals, secondary goals, and there's sure. literally only like eight things on the list. Right. And they're pretty like, mm-hmm. they're pretty like they're higher level. I want to say like, sure. take care of the customer at all cost, Right. Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah. in training,
0: we go over what that looks like to take care of the customer <clears throat> and all that stuff but I don't need to go through and have my guys fill out a checklist, like you're saying, every time they go to a job, right? I can trust that they're gonna take care of the customers. Mm -hmm. And I know they're taking care of the customers because we're getting lots of five-star reviews, right? Mm. Um, And so all of a sudden, that becomes way easier to manage. Yep. And you make more money because you get better people.
1: And it's kind of like a checklist are demonstrating that you have like low trust, and then you are not really appreciating the intelligence and performance potential of your coworker, of your employee. But -hmm. if you just say like, hey, man, I trust that you're going to go in there and you're going to do a great job because I've told you what that looks like. And then they're going to be like, okay, all right. And they're going to have to think like, okay, what does that mean? And how do I actually do this? And then you're going to know because if they come back and you see a low review or you hear something, then you can be like, ah, I need to have a conversation. But people are going to respond better to that conversation because then again, it's like, there's this opportunity for mentorship for you to demonstrate as the business owner, like what you can do. And let me, I want to hear what you think about this. Like, would this be a very useful to me? This seems like it would be a useful framework for a business owner who isn't a plumber to sort of like have these human interactions instead of just being like, Hey, I got these checklists about plumbing stuff. Here you go. Like, do you think, For that business owner in particular like this would be a more beneficial system because in my my mind i'd be like i'm going to lean on your expertise technician oh
0: yeah totally
1: but i still have my standards and i saw that there was an issue let's talk this out and figure out where we differed and then can you educate me on the process so that i can better understand this whole thing and how it goes yeah definitely for sure and you're talking like
0: a business owner who owns a plumbing business who isn't a plumber yes Oh yeah, totally. Like I would want to, like, what are you going to do? Not rely on your plumbers?
1: Yeah. Like I don't know
0: how, I don't know how they're going to go about creating systems and processes in their business. There's Mm -hmm. certain things you can do, but like all the price book stuff and figuring out how to best serve the customer, you're going to have to get the input of your plumbers. Yeah. Like even, even me as a plumber and somebody who's done lots of service work and who's been very effective at it. When I was building my business, and even to this day, we still take in account our technicians' feedback. Sure. Right? Of course. So they, you got When to. they run into the problems, when they get one-star reviews, we go talk to them, what's, what's going on here? Like, how do we, how do you think we should do this better? Should we structure this differently? Should we, like, we used to give out, give away coffee cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, actually I think we still do, but we would give away like a $5 gift card to a coffee shop. And we gave it away right at the beginning of the service. Hey, mm-hmm. my name is so-and-so with Prospector. Hi, here's a gift card. This is a gift from us to you. Thanks for inviting us over to your home.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, how can I help you today? Right.
0: That's what they'd mm-hmm. say at the door. And, um, all my guys came back and they were like, dude, this is really awkward. And it just <laughs> like, and it just breaks this like personal connection. Yeah. go, yeah. like, like it becomes this like corporate company thing. Mm-hmm. And I lose the personal connection with the customer. Mm, and I'm sure. so much more effective if I can have that personal connection. And I said, cool, what do you think we should do? And they said, well, how about we just give it away afterwards? And I said, yeah, that's great. Go do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So now they give it away afterwards. They go to the door. They make their personal connection. They talk about what they got going on. They mm-hmm. have options. They do the work. They build the work. Hey, thanks for hiring us today. Here's here's a coffee card. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. And it's a way way like cooler thing to them right yeah um and if i hadn't listened to them then we Mm -hmm. would have had this awkward connection thing going on Mm -hmm. so i think getting the feedback whether you're plumber or non-plumber is going to be extremely important
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and and i think that that feedback exists because there isn't i mean it exists for lots of reasons but i think one barrier to that feedback would be to the whole original point is having Strict checklist of all these things because then it's like the conversation. In my experience, the conversation with lots of regulations in that sense, lots of checklists. When somebody comes back and they have an issue, the response from the business owner or the GM is always like, Well, what's the checklist say? Mm -hmm. Did you do all the things on the checklist? And you're like, Dude, I hate the checklist and I think it's full of crap. But a lot of times, business owners will like really lean into that because Mm -hmm. it sort of can insulate them and make things simpler by just having a really strong procedure. But when we're dealing with humans, like ultimately what we want to do is inspire these humans, these technicians, to be their best. And that requires those of us who are already in that like vein of self-actualization, where we like to work because work is a good thing, and we are motivated by being better at our craft. Most people aren't there. And sometimes we're not there all the time either. But we know Mm -hmm. it's the place we want to be. If we can get our technicians and our employees to get there, that requires conversation. And if that means I have to talk more to people, it's better because at the end, I have a chance to get that result. And like at my last job at the air service, I never really got to see the fruits of it because we couldn't pay, we could only pay so much. Right. So eventually, guys would leave and they'd move on. So I'd always have to prepare them for the rest of their life in the yeah. sense like this is going to be really helpful when you get to your real career. But within your plumbing business, you are like, you have arrived, you are making the money you need to make. Now yep. let's work on who you are as a human and how you work because yeah. that will ultimately make this job so much more fulfilling so that the money is just a product of your labor and it's not tied yep. to your value. Yep. Yeah. And building that into your culture. Yeah. For sure. And people yep. love that culture. Like It's it's so much more satisfying when you can work at a place and then feel good about the work that you did. Yeah. And... It's just funny because little things that we don't think like seem like a good idea, like checklists can really start to pick away at a good culture, even though checklists can like provide foundation for certain things. Like they I, would even go as far,
0: I would even go as far as to say, like, like in the example of the woman who was married, like I think if she would have been like loved by her husband and he went to her with a checklist, it would have been a way better deal, right? right. Mm -hmm. So even in your business, like, I don't think the checklist is necessarily like the thing that's killing it. Mm -hmm. I think the culture is what's killing it. And you're bringing in the checklist to Mm. try to fix the culture. Sure. Yeah. And I think you're going about it backwards, right? Sure. Yeah. I don't Mm -hmm. think checklists are necessarily the devil, but I think you need to think about why you're bringing in that checklist to your business. Are you trying Mm -hmm. to fix something that You know, is it like a secondary fix? Are you trying to fix a symptom rather than, you know, the issue, the root cause of what you got going on? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people move towards trying to control these things that they feel like are out of their control because they haven't created a culture where people actually want to do well. Right. Yeah, sure. And so I think if you have, if you can build that culture, right then you're not going to need those checklists. Right. And I think if you don't build that Mm -hmm. culture, Mm -hmm. you're going to bring in those checklists and it's not going to work very well. Right. I think you're going to have a really tough time. Yep. I think taking a step back and going, okay, I don't have a culture where people want to work here, where people want to do a good job, where Mm. people want to make the sale, where people feel free to come talk to me, where people feel like we care about them. If you don't create that, then I don't like checklist or no checklist. I think you're screwed. I think the checklist yeah, is only that's a good at that point. Right? <clears throat> but like, if you can create that culture and then you can give them high level goals, like, Hey, this is the goal of our company.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Here's some steps that we take to go about them. Go have at it. Mm-hmm. Like this is your primary goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
0: you're going to have people that thrive on it and mm-hmm. they're going to be willing to go, above and beyond and do things that you would normally put on a checklist because they appreciate the opportunity to work there. Mm -hmm. They appreciate getting paid more, having better benefits, having a boss that they can talk to, Mm -hmm. um, having a boss that actually cares about them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I like, I would go so far as it sounds weird to say love. So like in, in the example, right, with the woman and the man, she loved him. And that's why she didn't need a checklist. Right. To do all the things that that a man needs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in your business with your employees, whether that's your CSRs or your general manager or your technicians, like, I believe if you can get them to genuinely love working there, Mm -hmm. then it's gonna provide the same kind of benefit to you in your business.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. And if anybody listening to this is experiencing like difficulty retaining good talent and things like that, the first thing that people always think is like, man, I'm not paying these guys enough. And I would say, yeah, you're probably not. But you get them in the door with your payment. But then to sink them in there, that requires your attention. And it requires yep. you to look at yourself because really, like your business is an extension of yourself for better and for worse. It will yep. be an extension of your worst habits and it will be extension of your best habits. Yep. And so a lot of a lot of times it's like what I hear in certain conversations I have where it's just like you know this tech didn't work out and this tech didn't work out and this tech didn't work out. Yeah. And at some point you're like, yeah. Sometimes you hire and people really disappoint you, or yep. you just hire a bad person because you didn't do something correctly but then yep. sometimes you are the problem. And yep. it's really important to like hear that. Or when yep. you're one of your technicians, if you have a good culture and your technicians come to you and they're like, hey boss, like, I don't think we're really doing this the right way. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be like, whoa, it's my way or the highway, bub. Like you should be like, huh, tell me about that. Like what do, you, yep. what do you see differently? Cause you might be missing something. Yeah.
0: Ultimately I think it comes just from a point of like actually caring for your employees yeah you know they're the ones that make you all the money they're the ones that make the business run yep and i think if you can just show them that you actually care about them it's game changer for your culture yep give them freedom give them responsibility show them what your expectations are let them know you care for them and and actually care for them right yeah actually actually do it actually get involved with them yeah actually
1: support them in things Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, and I would say, like, you know, learn their interests, learn what makes them tick and what they're passionate about, because I know that. Learn all their wives' names, all their Mm -hmm. kids' names, celebrate Mm -hmm. their birthdays,
0: all that good stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you know they're having a hard time, if you know they're having a hard time and they need some extra cash, bump them some extra cash. Yeah. Right. Give them what they need. Make sure they're making enough to support their family. Mm -hmm. Like, actually care about them. And I think mm-hmm. that's how you create that culture of people who will then actually care for your company rather okay. than trying to manage them through checklists and to-dos and micromanaging. Mm-hmm. I think the other way is so much more powerful.
1: And I think it's way more fulfilling as the business owner because totally. you are in a, you're in a prime position to influence people's lives positively or negatively.
0: Yeah, and it's actually way easier Yeah. To be a positive influence. I think it's way more fun, too. It just feels better. It's way more fun to see
1: people succeed and like come to these realizations.
0: Yep. Definitely.
1: Cool. Cool, man. That was awesome. I really like that conversation. I appreciate that. Cool, man. See you, dude. See ya.